Hello there and a very warm welcome to Racing Only Better, day two of York's Ebor meeting. The lads haven't tipped the loser yet because we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, so the dream is still alive for everybody out there. Dan, welcome to the show. Daryl, great to have you back. And Kevin, hope all is well and beautiful golden. Again, we're going to dispense with the niceties. We're just going to kick on and get straight into it. Um, the first race on the second day is the Lowther. It's the two-year-old fillies over six furlongs. Uh, Relief Rally is our favourite. The Weatherby Super Sprint winner and the Queen Mary runner up. Uh, currently just favoured at seven to four at the moment. At two to one, we have Cherry Blossom, who improved significantly on her debut in Nace to win by five lengths in the Curra. She really looks smart there. Don't know what to make of the form of that race, but we'll know more after uh, after Thursday. Um, Dan, I'm going to come to you first here. Um, what do you make it louder? What way are you sizing it up? Well, I don't have a great problem with either of the pay. In fact, the, the top three in the market, Relief Riley's already got a verdict over Flora Bermuda from Royal Ascot and Flora Bermuda, her improvement since came on very bad ground at Goodwood. But the one I thought the market might be underestimating, this is after the horse has been starting at odds on for every run so far, is Star of Mystery on the back of one disappointing performance, where it was his third run in very quick succession. I mean, he's 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 obviously promising based on what he did. He won his second and third starts by a combined 15 lengths when the market was absolutely all over him. He got turned over at Newmarket, but as I say, he was out again quickly and that might have just come a bit too soon. It was quite a busy period for him. And the fact he was eight to one now was quite tempting. Relief Rally is a good filly, but I don't think she's like some sort of standout two-year-old by any means winning the super sprint. It looks good on paper because so many run, but it's it rarely needs you to be a, a group filly to win it. And... Yeah, maybe the Queen Mary form is good enough, but I was inclined to give the Godolphin horse another chance. Fair enough. Did I say he there? Obviously, it's the louder, so it's the Philly. No, it was Dan. <laughs> it was me. Yeah. Right. Okay. Sorry, I was just, I was just, I won't lie. I was watching the, re I was watching the three o'clock in Newton Abbott as my thing was given too much to do. Hey, uh, look at <laughs> fairness. It, it, it's dangerous to assume these things nowadays. So I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Kevin, we'll stick with you then. What are you assuming about this race? I, like Cherry, Bl our, uh, Cherry Blossom really did look smart in the current. Now, whether she's up with Elanga Lang's class or not remains to be seen, but they're stepping her up here straight away yeah yeah i tell you um jesus good race now um good race like like a couple of really nice fillies now that are, that are double figure prices um dan mentioned star of mystery she was one like beautiful diamond was a filly i liked going into royal ascot and like she, she ran like very well in the queen mary and i'd say coming up and trips going to be no issue she's a double figure price as well um, and look, when you when you have situations like that, it's you, you feel like a bit of a gaboo um, talking up a, a maiden winner that that's much shorter in price. But um, like Cherry Blossom, oh, gee, she was impressive. Um, she was impressive, like really good. Looks a lovely scopey, long stride and fluid moving filly. Um, you're right to ask about the form bar because you could look at the second there and say, well, yeah, you know, fourth go. Um, you know, beaten five lengths or whatever it was, previous start, you know, what's she beaten? But look at these situations when, when they win by ages, um the, the clock can be a real help. And Jesus, if you're if you're if you're an old clock lover, 
you'd um, you'd be getting a bit jibby here because like she was only um she was only 0.08 seconds slower than um Buccaneer's birthday was in the the Phoenix Stakes later on the card um and that's a, that's a pretty spicy comparison you know like compared it compared you know it was much stronger on the clock than um than Diego Velasquez over furlong further earlier on the card that got people excited like in terms of the 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 non group one <laughs> <laughs> two-year-old races on, on that card like it, it was cherry blossom was the one that stepped up and went wow um so look she's short enough i like relief rally a lot they're a very similar price relief rally has clearly done a lot more um so look the market will be fascinating because she, like cherry blossom really and truly she has been put in a bit short um we'll see how the market moves with her we know sometimes with the cool more ones um if they do really like them and indications are they do really like this one that you know sometimes they can be they can go off what seem um what, what prices that seem too short to be reasonable and they just go and win um so look that's my general jip do i think a uh, cherry blossom is the one i think will win um will you will you make money back in horses like this at that type of price um every day to turn up mm, but that's my view i that's my view. I find it challenging, Bar. Like every 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 kind of value based instinct in you would suggest that this is a race to probably have a pop at one of the, at one of those aforementioned ten twelve to one shots. But uh, I was very I was really impressed with Cherry okay. Blossom. Okay, there's not a whole lot between with the top of the market, Daryl. Obviously, seven to four relief rally, Cherry Blossom two to one, and um, beautiful diamond. Is the market overreacting there, putting her in at twelve to mm. one? Like she wasn't beaten far, obviously in Ascot and. Um, you know, that could turn out to be a, a decent enough price. Are you at the head of the market? Are you looking there or are you looking outside of it? Um, I'm at the head of the market, to be honest. Dan mentioned that Relief Rally wasn't sort of a standout to you, right? I, I thought she was. She's blown me away, to be honest, in a couple of starts. I think moving up to six furlongs is just going to see her in such a better light. Uh, the final two sectionals at Newbury were just electric, by far better than anything else in the race. She came from that sort of stand side where you have to go all the way back to sixth to find the next horse that raced on that side. She left them for dust. And I think this track will suit her, a nice flat track like York, an easy six at York. She needed every, you know, inch of ground in the in the in the Queen Mary over that stiff five uh, to get within a nose of Crimson Advocate. I think she's a she's a horse that's got plenty of ability. I think she's a proper speedster as well. I think she's a real sprinting type. Whereas I think perhaps Cherry Blossom is it's probably seven furlongs and further horse for me. The time was good at the Curra. Um, it I thought the rain got into the ground a bit later on in the card when Buccaneer Fuerte ran. It was slightly slower than the, the Group Three following immediately following, but. Um, to do what she did coming off the back of that uh, that run on debut, I thought was quite impressive. But I, I hope Relief Rally won't be too far behind her. And I think she could just outpace her here. So uh, she would be for me. But you mentioned Beautiful Diamond. She, she's a lovely horse. I think she's uh, she's one that's going to need a bit of time. But um, she's definitely got scope for improvement as well. Right. OK, so Daryl, Relief Rally, Cherry Blossom for Kevin and Star of Mystery for Dan. On to the second race we're going to talk about. It's a 2.25. It's the Goffs. Um, sales race and it's nearly £150,000 to the winner Richard Hannon's really made this his own the last couple of years he's won 5 out of 7 Ziggy's Condor is your favourite though at the head of the market a 5 to 1 Ziggy's Condor uh, tree lamp winner in Ponty Dragon Leader is an interesting one Ryan Moore takes a ride for Clive Cox here it's not often he, he, he rides for Clive Cox Ryan Moore and um, two for two in Salisbury so far. You've Prasika in there for the aforementioned Richard Hannon at 13 to two. Twilight Romance nine. Host the horses in here with chances. Very difficult race. 
five to feel probably a fair reflection. Daryl, uh, what way are you sizing this one up? This is this is bloody difficult. This is <laughs> this is uh this is a lottery race really for me. But I thought uh Persica was interesting, obviously for the, the angle that you mentioned with Richard Hannon, you tend to want to be on the one that Sean Levy's on. He's he, he's four-handed in here. But uh this horse just just again took a big step debut for big step forward from the from the Leicester debut where he was absolutely clueless, couldn't put one foot in front of the other and broke really slowly at Salisbury, and that that just might be a negative for him in, in, in a field size like this, but he was able to circle the field pretty easily and make all the run. And it, it, this is a potential improver. It's not often that Richard Hannon would turn one out so quickly from a debut, from a poor debut performance uh, as he did this one. And uh, I think they think a little bit of him, but look, this is, this is, this is anyone's guess really bad to be honest. Mate. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult. All right. But I have you then for Persica. I seem yeah. to remember mom's tipple. Yeah, in the same colors, in the yeah. same colors, yeah, yeah. No, it genuinely remains one of the most stunning things I've ever seen on the flat. Like, circumstances have shown that she was flat, he was flattered to it by it to some extent. But on the day, it was you could hardly believe what you were watching, could you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, remember, I was. I only looked back at it half an hour ago, so I was just looking back at track position over previous years, like, uh, in, like oh, like eleven lengths. And then I, 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 you know, forgotten. I suppose the detail. I'm like, ah, this must have turned out to be an awful race. But you come back at like the fourth, what a listed race next time, and uh, the, like the second, like had plenty of good form in the book soon after that. And, um, yeah, well, it was freakish now. And of there, course, there's, uh, still, there's still people back in that now shouting about the time figure. <laughs> well, I, 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 I feel so sorry for the owners as well because you're yeah. the, you know, they you turned down some like, money. Jesus. Oh, yeah. oh I, 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 I know how much money they turned down. It was a lot, but even they just can't escape it because during the draw for the Stewart's Cup, um, the the other week, Nick Luck was um was hosting it, and he made mention of us when the, when the <laughs> yeah. horse got pulled out of the hat and like, oh, leave the poor owners alone. <laughs> Jesus, they've had enough sleepless nights over that in, in whatever it is the four years since. <laughs> Listen, I don't think I'd mind being a pound behind the owner. So uh, we very won't true, shed, very we won't true. Shed too much tears. I can't. We stick with you. What way are you seeing this? Yeah, look, I, I'm terribly, terribly biased here now, but uh, I have to give a shout to Ambushed. Um, uh, I, I, I think Dan might give him a mention as well because it, it involves the farm line that we've been united on there. Um, in in recent weeks and indeed yesterday, um, he's the horse. He, he was bred here on the farm for for Golden Farm Thoroughbreds and. Uh, uh, a beauty and like look really positive chat about him all through the spring he ran first time out in a, in a really good maiden at goodwood with a view to finding out if he was a, a royal ascot type or not and he ran absolutely fatherless he ran awful like never raised the gallop it was the most depressing thing that i've come across in racing <laughs> for quite some time <laughs> uh just like it was abysmal it's worth watching mac for the, hear, the sheer hilarity of it um so everyone was very depressed and hands up in the air did, didn't know what to make of it um, ran in Newcastle a month later. They put a pair of cheek pieces on him, and and he started to wake up. And and look, that's the story with this horse. Like he's he's just very sleepy, and um, he he beat Ballymount Boy, who was making his debut, who blew the start. In fairness, and and look, has gone on to to um, run very well behind uh, Van Deek, and is hopefully going to run very well at yeah, um, at York on Wednesday. Um, but like to me, you watching the race and I'm trying to trying to be as objective as possible. Like I thought watching Ambush that day, like he, he was still half asleep. Like to me, he didn't look like he was really extending 
um, under pressure. He was still kind of not, not wasn't quite sure what was being asked of him. Um, he was to run after this. Um, oh God, where was it? I forget where it was. A couple of weeks ago, he was to run in a novice race, and it actually got rained off fairly close to the off. Um, and but this race had been the target that was supposed to be a stepping stone to this, and they decided to come straight here instead. And um, the the reports have been very positive now since um, Newcastle. Um, and look, he's a big old price. He's twenty to one or so. Look, drawn twenty. You know, you'd rather be in the middle of them, really. But um, I, I, you know, watching back the previous renewals of the race on fast ground, it's not unusual for them to come um, middle near side. But in fairness, more often than not, they end up more middle far side. But um, I, I don't think he's unreasonable now, twenty to one. I think you know, there's a good bit of improvement in him, and hopefully, he'll show it here. Yeah, that Ballymount boy form could read well off the back of the Acom. So watch out for that on Wednesday. Ballymount boy due to rock up in the uh in the Acom. Dan ambushed a, a son of soldiers call. Is that something that figures into your um reckoning here? He's a 12 to 1 chance, by the way, Kevin, on the sports book at the moment. Yeah. Well, one of one of many unknown quantities, but I'm with Daryl, and there's a bit of history being factored into it. But I can't help but believe their campaign this horse hasn't smacked that they think. He's good and that he's an ideal type for this. Like you say, exactly the same connection as Mum's Tipple. They ran him three days after his debut. That's, that's really rare. And he was a complete, as Daryl said, it was it was like um, he'd had a transplant or something because he just came back a completely different animal three days later. The slow start shows he's still got a bit of learning to do, but he'll, he will have derived plenty from that. And then they're happy to go again. Eight days later, I don't think there's some sort of qualification criteria where you need to run a couple of times, but it's almost as if you thought, well, we're rushing a bit here. Let's get the two runs into him. Or you need to have won, perhaps. And they've done that. And they're going for a race which the stable have farmed. And indeed, as we've mentioned, Mum's Tipple won it by 11 lengths a half a decade or so ago. In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the halftime break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important half-time break. Or deposit limits, to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18 plus begambleaware.org. Okay, so uh, for Sika, for Dan and Daryl, ambushed for Kevin. I'll just say at this juncture, uh, the Sportsbook offer, don't forget, bet £5 on horse racing multiples and get a free bet on horse racing multiples. On to the third race we're going to talk about. It's the Clipper Handicap. It's a heritage handicap over a mile. At the moment, we've got Aku Najla is your 5-1 to one favourite um, at the head of the market for Roger Varian. Sonny Liston, uh, Ryan Moore is back on board. That having finished second on him in the Royal Hunt Cup. Uh there has been some money for a front runner in the race. Uh, what's he called? Master Richard was 33 to 1, is into 18 to 1. And the gatekeeper, William Buick for Charlie Johnson, also an 18 to 1 chance from 25 to 1. Five places on the Betfair Sportsbook here, Kev. Any decent opinions? Well, you've always a decent opinion, but any strong opinions? Well, debatable. No, it wouldn't be a strong opinion now, but um, Eileen Dove, 
or is it, there's some other pronunciation? Ailan Do. Ailan Do The way I read that as an Irishman is Eileen Dove, but I don't <laughs> think that's the way they like it pronounced. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I- interesting. You know, you have to forgive last time um, on, on soft ground at Goodwood. Um, you know, has bits and pieces of form on good to soft, but not necessarily soft. So if you're happy to forgive that, and look, it was the goal of mine. It was super competitive. If you're happy to forgive that, um, a case can be made at a very big price. Um, I did. Gi- I did give myself a chuck, and the horse has a good record at York, and I was very tempted to say form figures at York read one, one, <laughs> one, one, albeit eleven and uh, three. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but you know, fair enough. Um, good enough record at the track, and um, look, is the type we 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 tend to like here. Um, will be will be forward, all being well. And draw team is reasonable, and um, uh, as we as we found out a few times in this podcast, Barry, uh, forgiveness is very important. If you if you can forgive that run at uh, Goodwood, I think you're certainly getting um, plenty of compensation in the price um, because that run on the penultimate start turned to blue for you at York, and what's the story was um, was a, was a solid run, and um, a repeat of that would put him in the mix certainly for the placings and thereafter who who knows Barry? Who that's knows? so that is my he, mantra on this card it definitely is the forgiveness thing and getting prices that you wouldn't do without the last run well well dan we obviously we like a good form figure reading on this show um and kevin's just given us one there um in terms of eileen dove is that something that's you'd be factoring into your calculations here well, again, your shortlist has to be a long list for a race like this. So many have been here and done it. You mentioned Master Rich as a possible pace angle. I was at York on the social thing um, last autumn time when Master Richard and Point Linus, who reopposed, went toe-to-toe and one was chucked um, for causing interference. Point Linus was chucked and, uh, chucked and Master Richard was handed the race. That feels the key to this to me. I really want to be with Point Linus generally but he's in box 14 and there is bags of pace here. Um, they're just going to go hard, aren't they? And I, I struggle to envisage a similar scenario to the race they ran in where they don't come back. And mentioned forgiveness, only four days ago at Sandown's Sunday series meeting, Orban was in a race that was totally contrasting. Silly Dordal, pace held up. He, tr- he struggled to get a run when he needed it. He didn't pick up immediately. He's probably not got the same spark he had last year when he was winning at Glorious Goodwood and the like. But he was fourth in this race last year to Blue For You. He's a stone better off. And I thought there was enough in his late head where he, he got fifth, but he would have been third in another five or six strides in that race on Sunday. Same mark, so you'd, you'd like to have seen some a, a longer gap so that the handicapper had time to relent because I reckon he'd drop him again. But he's still a potentially well handicapped horse, and Omar Omara, he's just been mustered now for two or three years, hasn't he? In these six and seven furlong handicaps, and Blue for you and Orban have been two of the standing dishes, and I think Orban's better handicapped to the pair. Excellent. Like I was saying, we love a good form figure on this show, Darren. I can't believe we're eight races in um, on the two podcasts, and nobody said that William Haggis loves to have winners at York. So. Oh, sweet. Biden me Rally was the chance. Kevin's yeah. Biden his time, that's for sure. Uh, that's going to get there <laughs> before today's over. So you've heard, uh, Daryl, you've heard Kevin going for Eileen Dove and Orban for Dan. What were you? This is, this is meat and drink to you, these handicaps. 
Yeah, there are very, very fine margins in here. Um, we're sort of speaking about pace just then. Well, I've got pace in 10 of the 12, 20, 10 of the 20 stalls in 3, 1, 10, 13, 2, 16, 17, 14, 19, and 4. So they are going to go extremely hard here. The new form sure. figure reading. I like yeah, it. Yeah, good form figure <laughs> reading. Um, I was very, very much in the camp of Dan. I, I've had Orban in mind for this race for much of the season. I think he's been better than the bear result on multiple occasions. And I thought there was enough in the Sandown performance, which was a, a steadily run affair, which he had absolutely no chance to get involved in. Um, the similar at Goodwood, actually, when it was soft ground, he was held up at the rear of the field. He didn't just just could not get into it from off the pace. If you look at that that particular race, I don't think anything. I think you got to go back to the eighth to see anything that was coming from the latter part of midfield to even get involved. I thought he was pretty eye catching behind Baradar and the moment in Shandan and uh, or Shandon. And I just feel like the handicap is relenting and I just don't think he's had things all his own way. Um, he's, he's a horse that is, I mean, you must be a glutton for punishment as well as me, Dan, because he is, is a frustrating horse. But when things drop right, and I think today could drop right for him, I think he's got to go very close. I, just give a good mention to, to Dutch decoy as well. Who's, um, probably should have got the, the, the job done at Goodwood last time when ridden a bit more forwardly, but... If they revert to hold up tactics today, he's one that could be finishing very quickly from off the pace. Um, back on a faster surface, he's four for 11 on faster ground, zero for four on soft ground. So perhaps that was a better run than it initially looked like at Goodwood. But uh, those would be the two I'd be looking at. And, and oh, the old boy Escobar is uh, is £10 oh, better yes. off with... Uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's £10 better off a blue for you for finishing a narrow defeated uh, second in this race last year. And there's going to be a point where he's going to bounce back to form. So just a couple of keep on side. But if you're going to pin me to one, it'd be Orban alongside Dan. Okay, great stuff. Both Dan and Barrel going for Orban. On to the feature event at 335. It's the Yorkshire Oaks Save the Last Dance. The only blot in her copybook has been just a, a, a defeat in uh, the Epsom Oaks, obviously. Uh, she traded on a 1,000 last day in running, Daryl, before getting up to win. It's, I think that's the first time it's ever happened in a classic race, a horse traded so big before going on to victory. Uh, Blue stocking her immediate victim that day is a 7-2 to chance. Free wind, 9-2. 6 for Al Hussein, the Nassau winner. Last year's winner went on to win the arc, as we all know, Alpinista. I'm going to give a couple of stats that will have Tony Calvin getting sick in his mouth. Seven of the last <laughs> 10, seven of the last 10 winners were three-year-olds and the last six renewals were all won by favourites. Oh, yes, I love our favourites, that. There's some merit to the first of those, isn't there? The, the, uh, unexposed horses, but... <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't look like the favourite's going to get her favourite ground, though. That's the only thing. She is a bit of a drifter already. 11-4 to 4 from 9-4. to 4. Blue stocking, 7-2. to 2. Free wind, 9-2. to 2. Warm heart. The Ribblesdale winner that just didn't put up a, 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 as good a shown as expected in the Irish Oaks. She's 10 from 16. She's the springer in the market at the moment, Daryl. What way are you looking at this? I think that she's a springer in the market because they might pull out, save the last dance, or do you think they're happy to let her take a chance? Well, mm. it's, it's uh, I don't know. They'd wait and see the ground, won't they? But she's ran on, on uh, Ryan Moore says in his column, which you can obviously read exclusively on betting.betfair. Thanks for that, Daryl. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he says that obviously, you know, she's ran great in the in the Epsom Oaks on, on good ground. So while she prefers a bit of cut in the ground, she has operated at a top level on, on good, good to fast sort of ground. So I'm not yeah. sure they're going to take her out. Um, obviously, they'll wait and see, but it's 48 hour deck. So everyone will get their money back. Yeah. 
Absolutely. She's uh, she really pulled it out of the fire at the, at the car last time. Jesus Christ, she really did. Um, she, she's definitely talented. The fact that Aidan O'Brien continues to say we haven't seen the best of her just yet, just just exudes confidence that he has in her. Um, and when he compared the two, save the last dance and warm heart, he pretty much said there was no comparison. So surprising that the money's come against Save the Last Dance. I was going to be with Al Hussein. I think she's continuously underestimated. Uh, look, she was well positioned to win the Nasu last time in what turned out to be a sprint finish. But I'm not entirely convinced that that suited her. She's got loads of stamina in her pedigree and uh, she's stepping up here, up in trip again here. And I think there could be further improvement to come. She's very, very unexposed on, on a quicker surface. There's lots to like about a horse that won a Group 1 last time, taking on the free roll to... I suppose you can question the free roll form this this season with the likes of uh, Soul System being beaten over in France. Carnarvon was very much beaten at Salisbury, finished third in the uh, in the Epsom Oaks. So, and, and save the last dance, perhaps hasn't got a ground. So Al Husson would do for me. Okay, the Nassau winner at six for me. Actually, Daryl, so there has been a few quid for that. Uh, Kevin, the three-year-old fillies get nine pounds off the older fillies. How big of a factor is that for you when you're framing this race? Um, I look away for ages, something I don't ever get wildly excited about. You know, it's the same for them all. Um, it's there for a reason, well established, with one exception of the non-talk, which we'll talk about later in the week, maybe. But um, look, I, again, like I think this is quite a deep race. Um, and save the last dance, like like for me, blue stocking like shaped so well in the um at the Curra. You know, like it just, I thought she was per- perhaps the best filly on the day. She just had. Just ended up making a run a little bit earlier than um than, than ideal and just paid for it late on. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if she reversed that form. Look, their prices are reasonably close together, so that's not that's not a breaking news by any means. But like for me, one that stood out as being overpriced was um is Stay Alert, um Huey Morrison. Like I thought she was notably overpriced. Like like that was a very big run in the Pretty Polly last time. Um, I know that her connections were pretty annoyed afterwards uh, with the interference she suffered. Would she have beaten Via Sestina? I don't think so, but she's, she certainly would have been a fair bit closer. And um, like she's in front of some very nice fillies there above the curve, Ross Carberry, who um, who reopposes, and um, like Trevenance, who, who ran very well in, in the Romanay um, this weekend. Um, and uh, look, she, like she's only exposed really, like she's only had the nine runs. That was the best run of her life. Um, she comes in here, you know, quite fresh. Only for only her third run of the season. I think this course and distance will suit her really well. Um, and yeah, like I, I thought, double figure price. Like I see the sports book are are shorter than most. Um, I always said those lads in there were clever, Barry. Um, and, and um, yeah, I think I think they might be on the right track here now. I think um, I think she's well overpriced. Um, and and she'd be the one I'd be with. Oshie Murphy taking over from Ronan Whelan. Right. Okay. So stay alert for Kevin at 12 to 1 with none of them mentioned to Blue Stocking. Dan, uh, finally, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I wouldn't be a regular at church, but I basically am Father Barber of the um, I don't, Manchester Diocese or something today because I'm giving free wind another go. Oh. <laughs> Just the forgiveness. For me, she's the, best, she's the best filly in the race under these conditions. She's the fastest. She's got the turn of pace. And... A mile and three quarters on that Goodwood ground was surely never going to suit her, and Julie didn't. She blew out, got very tired. I am concerned about the quick turnaround, but what did Inspiral do for the same stable the other week? 11 days after running in the, the Goodwood soup, ends up coming out and win was the Mulan that she won, wasn't it? So there's a bit of previous there. 
we know the talent she's got. The day she got really badly injured at Haydock, again, one of those remarkable displays that sticks with you. She got put through the rail nearly twice and ends up getting out of a ridiculous pocket to to nick the prize. Um, so I'm with her. No, there'll be no excuses here, bar the fact it might come a bit too soon. But trip, ground, track, loads of space to manoeuvre. And yeah, I do think it is. I, I do think it's a general question over how good the three-row middle-distance fillies are anyway. Um, but certainly I'd be concerned about the favourite under these conditions. I know the Oaks run was absolutely fine, no doubt about it, but it took her an age to get on top of Blue Stocking at the Curra, and I think if she races like that, she won't win this. Father Barber. You'd make a good priest, I'd say that. <laughs> forgive forgive me, Father. For know, it's, it, it's been 19 days since my last cliff jump, Father. <laughs> this is free wind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go on to our fifth and final race on day two of the Ebor meeting, the 4-10. It's the uh, Galtres Stakes in honor of Henry Cecil. Madara is your favorite at four to one. C theme is a nine to two chance. One evening. Ryan Moore rides it for the Gostons. That's 13 to 2 from 10 to 1. There's also been money for the one that Frankie rides for the Gostons. 11 to 1 from 20 to 1 spring fever. But your favorite at the head of the market, Madara, Kevin. I'm going to come to you here for Roger Vary and David Egan in the place. Uh, any strong opinion here on the Phillies in the listed race? Ah, look, Barry, they're all here now. Frankie's here, Tom Marcan, Dushin Murphy, Willem Buick, uh, Ryan Moore, Safi Osborne. But it could be Robbie Colgan that gets the better of them all here for, for the for the great Sheila Lavery. Um Maracana. Um, I, I think is a really interesting runner. Um, she was in, or she still is even, in the Ebor. And I had her in mind for one that could have been of interest at a big price there, but they decided to come here instead, which is really interesting. Um, and like for me, this fit is going the right way. Um, there's very little between, you know, all the main protagonists here, really. And um, like she won on Irish Champions Weekend last year, um, the big, the Patingo handicap at a time where, when Sheila's horses like were really, really struggling for form. And um, she came through and won that half a mark of 84. She's come back this year and won a listed race. Um, and she shaped, I thought, really well in the Duke of Edinburgh last time. Um, it just, just you know, got, got put in the back foot there with a with a slow start. Um, from a white old draw and and made made a fair effort now, but just had too much to do. And getting back into stakes company here, you know, I think fast ground, mile and a half, um, it's all going to suit her well. Robbie Colgan um knows her really well. So yeah, Marcana, I thought, would would be um a really interesting contender there at about the seven to one shot, Barry, that'd be right. Yeah, that's right. And Kevin uh, Darrell is putting a lot of faith in that Duke of Edinburgh form. Okita Sushi, obviously for uh, Joseph O'Brien won that race, so could be more to come from that one also. But uh, how are you reading this one, Darrell? Yeah, I absolutely agree with Kev. I thought it was by far oh, the strongest excellent. piece. By far the strongest piece of form in the race. I thought the three-year-olds had been sort of a little bit over-egged just because of their lightly profile, uh, lightly raised profiles in here. But in reality. They haven't achieved a whole a whole deal, and and Morikana's achieved far more in that sole run at Ascot last time than any of these have. So I thought, I thought she was a cracking boys. I thought she would have been favourite to be quite honest with you. I think a mile and a half is the bare minimum. What she wants, fast ground would definitely suit her. Even going back to last year, she's got some very very strong form in the context of this race. So I'm surprised she's not in at four to one as favourite. So yeah, yeah we, we probably should, we probably should mention the penalty in fairness that that might be. 
Yeah, that's probably she, what's making her. That's probably what's making her of the price she is. Yeah, but she like the thing is as well that will probably make her the price she is is that the fact that they'll look at it and think she's a five year old, but she's not an exposed mm. five year old either. She's only lightly raced. She's had eleven eleven starts altogether. Four of those have been victories. So, yeah, I think she'd. Um, I think she can give away the penalty here for me, definitely. Okay, Dan. Final word to you. Market value. Uh, the King's Horse for William Buick and William Haggis. No one's tipped the William Haggis horse on this podcast. I can't believe it, Dan. I really can't. Uh, it's your last chance. C-Team ah. as well as in there, and he's ninety or she's 92 second favour. Could this be the one, Dan? Could this be when we get a chance to say William Haggis loves having winners? You well, want? for Daryl's perspective, we might be saying it after the opening, aren't we, with Relief Rally? So that could be our quota for the day. Um, don't really like 10... As a draw, even over that trip, I I find this hard because the established older horses haven't achieved the sort of level that would normally be enough to win this race. So then you try a piece between which of the three-year-olds, or maybe a four-year-old like Madara, who's who's been quite promising, how much of a step up they can all make. Um, and I came down with no great confidence on the side of Scenic, with an angle that she's by Lope de Vega out of a Frankel mare who's an unraised half-sister to English King, who was a one-time strong fancy for a derby and won a, a, a Lingfield Oaks trial um, in good style. So that's my only angle. And the fact that I suppose that he's ha she's had a sighter at York over a mile and a quarter behind Midnight Mile. So I'm just wondering if a mile and a half might be the making of this horse based on pedigree. And it is that thin. It's that windy. That is, that is it's a hard race. That's a very watery case to make on this. You've nearly been better off. <laughs> and you don't fancy anything. We are a windy You've basically laid that now, Barry. You'll to me by saying that. That's the worst case of all time I've ever heard. William Agus does well at York. Is that a compelling one? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay, all that's left is naps. Dan, please don't tell me you're napping that one in the last Yeah, I'm fucking scenic. As, as you can tell, I'm absolutely all over scenic in the cultures. No, um, I'm all, I'm actually all over Orban winning place. Orban winning place for that. Excellent. Okay, nice price as well. Around the 16 to 1 mark. Daryl, what about you? Uh, I'll keep it simple and go relief rally in the uh, in the opener. Or William Haggis. You have to, you're obliged to say William Haggis when you tip or Mr. Haggis. This podcast, or I miss it altogether. Kev, what about you? Is Sheila Lavery, maybe? No, no, no. I, I'll go with Stay Alert, um, Win in Place. If she was trained by William Haggis, it'd be win only, but I'll go Win in Place because it's Huey. <laughs> Jim Morrison, lovely. Okay, right. Well, all that's, all that's left for me is to remind everyone the offer bet five pounds in horse race multiples, get a free five pound bet that runs every day of the York Ebor Festival. Uh, we're back on Thursday with a reflection uh, or with a look at Friday and Saturday's racing. So watch out for that. We're not going to record on Wednesday. We're back Thursday. Um, gamble responsibly. I hope the first two days go really well for everyone. And we'll chat again during the week.